it's a way that you can kind of empower yourself using nuggets from your authority, nuggets from type and the way your energy operates to say like, hey, boss, can we be a little more flexible in the way my day looks to better benefit my gift? Welcome to the Wellness Witch Podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Gladish, and I'm excited to take you on a journey to reclaiming and reconnecting to your magic, the magic of your health, your wealth, and your soul's purpose. As a woman's wellness coach and business mentor, I've been coaching women for over 15 years, helping them rediscover their innate abilities to heal, to transform, and to manifest their deepest desires. I'm excited to bring you a weekly dose of inspiration and information, diving into the multifaceted approach of what it means to live to our fullest potential. Let's do this. This is a Soulfire production. Welcome back, everybody. I hope your day is off to an amazing start. I am so excited to finally share that the Naturally Nourished program opened for registration last week. And oh my God, I'm so excited because I feel like I finally birthed my baby into the world, my creative baby, and it it's out there. She's available. And I am so excited to welcome women into this program. We opened registration last week. It is a self-paced program, and after just being through so many ups and downs with my own health and autoimmune and thyroid and really understanding how metabolism was at the root of so much of that, I've just been diving in so deep in these past few years and wanted to take all of that knowledge and that experience and that information and be able to share it with you. And I think that so many of us are in this place where we could use the support, where we have been constantly chasing the next five pounds and wondering why as we age, you know, what's going on with my metabolism? My hormones are changing. My all around vitality is starting to diminish. And we get caught in this cycle of diet after diet, restriction, deprivation, overwhelm, complication, and just downright frustration. I mean, I think back to 15 years ago when I was nutrition coaching and people were asking me back then, what do I eat? And here we are 15 years later, and I'm still being asked the same thing, which really goes to show me that we're still confused. We are still so uncertain about what it means to eat healthy and nourish our bodies. And that's why I wanted to create Naturally Nourished, which is a step-by-step program to help you heal your metabolism optimize your thyroid and balance your hormones. And I'm really excited to just really take you through this roadmap and this methodology for nourishing your body, because I think we've really gotten away from that. And it's so important to understand what our bodies are really asking of us and what they really need. And I think that in this diet culture, it's easy to become so overwhelmed that We rely on so much of the external to give us those answers that we've lost touch with ourselves, with the internal, with our own intuition. And so I really want to support women in reclaiming their health and reconnecting to their own power and to their own innate wisdom because you have the answers inside of you. And it's time to stop chasing the quick fixes and jumping on diet bandwagons every few months or chasing symptoms. And this is why if you can naturally nourish yourself, you will no longer have to do that anymore. So when you join Naturally Nourished, it is a self-paced program. You will log into the member area and you will 
get started with your pro-metabolic foundations, dive into metabolism and thyroid, adrenal health and thyroid health, understanding thyroid testing and thyroid nutrients. From there, we will be chatting about tracking temperature and pulse, which is really going to give you insight and to provide you with these measures of how you can understand what your temperature and pulse readings are telling you about your thyroid conversion, your adrenal health, your blood sugar. So it is a fully loaded program. And the beauty of it is that when you are a member of Naturally Nourished, you get to join me every single month for our Naturally Nourished Women's Circles. So these are our community calls where you can come and join me ask questions, connect with myself, connect with community. We can share and whatever you are, you know, feeling uncertain about as you're working your way through the program and you want to ask questions and get some deeper insight. That's what our community chats will be about. We will also have guest speakers coming on and all of these classes will be recorded and uploaded into the member area. And the member area is continuously growing. So if you are joining right now and you're listening to this in real time, And in the next few months, there will be so much more coming into that program, gut protocols, liver detox. We're going to be diving into movement and exercise. There's so much. We're going to dive deeper into estrogen and progesterone. So there's a lot more to come. And I just want you to get started right now. This isn't about overwhelming ourselves, which is what we like to do. Take it slow, day by day, start to implement the strategies and the suggestions in the program. And it's all about the baby steps because those baby steps add up to something super significant and beautiful over time. So really excited to welcome you to the program. If you would like to learn more, head on over to holisticwellness.ca forward slash naturally nourished. Right now we have a founding members discount that's going on and I just can't wait to meet you and connect with you inside of the program. There is a full resource section when you log in as well that will have your temperature tracking chart, your food lists and guidelines. There is a full recipe book as well as, of course, desserts and treats, because we can't forget that. Um, And we're constantly updating the the resources and adding. So this is a program that will be continuously um, updated and will just be growing and growing because I want to keep bringing you the up-to-date information. And as I learn more and as I gather more data, I'm going to be sharing that all inside of Naturally Nourished. So again, the URL is holisticwellness.ca forward slash naturally nourished. I can't wait for you to join me. All right. So we're diving into human design today with my guest, Caitlin Kirkpatrick, and I am so excited to interview her. We have such a fun conversation and she is just such a fun human. I love her. I love her energy. We talk about how being out of alignment can manifest physically. We talk about what deconditioning is and why it's more than just this mental process. We talk about human design sort of 101 overall, and she gives us this really just basic breakdown of human design and the different energy types. And she also talks about how and why it's important to focus less on the energy type in human design and what we should focus on instead. So she really does give us a really great overview. And I love how she just 
takes the human design information, which can be very complex, <laughs> and makes it very user-friendly. So Caitlin is a human design guide, holistic health coach, and 70 energy healer obsessed with helping high achievers own their uniqueness and create massive success on their terms. Using human design as a framework, Caitlin supports clients with complete mind, body, and spirit deconditioning so they can leave behind the thoughts, beliefs, and behaviors that aren't serving them and step into their fully expressed selves. The result is deep self-trust, unshakable confidence, and permission to be all of them. She's also the host of Not That Crazy, a podcast on a mission to bring spirituality back down to planet Earth. Really excited to dive in today. Enjoy this conversation with Caitlin. Hello, Caitlin. Hello. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. I'm excited to have you here. I figured we'd be like just all over the place and <laughs> ranting and just what we were just doing before we were recording. Yeah. This is what happens You're when welcome. we connect. <laughs> so Which of the 17 directions that we can possibly go are we going to take? Oh my God. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. Yes. When she says open heads, she's talking human design people. That's what we're going to talk about. I'm so excited because we haven't done an episode on this. And so I'm excited to kind of do a 101, like a bit of a human design 101, but then I know you have some really unique perspectives on human design as well, which I think would be really great to explore. So before we even get into any of that, please share with our audience more about who you are and what you do. Yeah, I'm Caitlin. Um, I... <laughs> Human design is kind of my bread and butter, I guess, but I do a lot of things. I kind of fancy myself a tool collector in a sense. Um, I, over the years, and, and this started, gosh, eight years ago or so, life is going by so quickly, but um, when my health mm -hmm. journey kind of kicked off, um, I started out pursuing nutrition and then I got into energy healing and breath work and mindset work and all the things. And um, then eventually I found human design, which was this beautiful little bow that kind of tied it all up and made it all fit together and make sense. Um, and there's a lot within my chart too, that kind of reflecting back on that journey makes that make a lot of sense because for a very long time, I was like, what the heck am I doing? I'm <laughs> going this way. Now I'm going that way. Now I'm going this way. So anyway, I yeah. fancy myself at this point, I guess a little bit of a human design guide and deconditioning expert. And deconditioning is really what I kind of bucket all of the rest of that. It's kind of the um, physiology work, the nervous system regulation, the emotional processing, the mindset, um, all of these, you know, other kind of tools, if you will, um, that all kind of fit under this human design umbrella. And we use human design as the framework to kind of align you more with who you are. And that sounds very buzzwordy and like, what is authentic even? But, um, Right. The fun thing about human design for me is I feel like it has been a path back to literally little like inner Caitlin, like inner child me, um, mm -hmm. what I loved and who I was at that time when I was arguably more quote unquote authentic. Um, and so we get to use all of those. Well, human design is the jumping off point for exploration and then all of those other tools to help kind of unpack what we find when we kind of start to explore human design. So um, that's the, the 10 foot view, I think, of what I do and who I am. I love it. Okay. So that's great. So before we dive into all things human design, I'd love to dive just a little bit deeper into your story because I bet there's a lot of deconditioning and unlearnings that you've had to go through, which has brought you here today. So can you share a little bit about what that has actually looked like for you? Yeah, absolutely. So I 
kind of like to think of it as I did human design backwards in a sense, because I think for a lot of people, you find human design and there's a part of it that really resonates with you, whether it's your type or um, a specific gate or whatever it is. And then you're like, Ooh, there's something here for me. And you kind of start the deconditioning process. For me, I think it was very much backwards. I was deconditioning for a long time. And then I found human design. I was like, Oh my gosh, this makes so much sense based on what I understand about myself now and how I feel and, and the direction that I'm going with my life. And so I can fully relate to that. Yeah. Cause I mean, you and I are very similar and the health journey kind of came first, I think, um, which is a fun perspective I I have on it. And I think that's really informed the way that I approach human design and think about human design. Um, I know a lot of people, um, think about it in terms of, you know, it's an awareness tool and it's a mindset and belief and kind of identity tool, but I really see it as a literal body based kind of deconditioning tool. Um, I started out, you know, toxic job that created a lot of stress and I had really poor coping mechanisms. And so adrenal issues and, you know, hormone issues and gut issues and a whole host of things. And, you know, started out functional medicine and got my master's in nutrition. Cause I was like, this is the thing that's going to help me, you know, heal the world. And then right. it didn't end up fully healing myself. And as I was going through that process, got into the belief work, um, unpacked a lot of beliefs about, you know, I grew up with a mom who has MS and I, you know, thought that that was going to be my fate. So got into belief work and I was like, Ooh, there's something here. I'm identifying as a sick person and that that's going to be my fate. Um, and then that wasn't enough and found energy healing and the energetics aspect of it and really taking care of my soul and soul health. And so, um, it was kind of like I would, I would get a little bit better and then plateau and get a little bit better and then plateau. And as I would add on all these tools, I was like, all right, we're getting closer and closer and closer. Um, and now I finally feel like I'm fully resourced in that I can take care of and, and take really good care of all of the aspects of myself from the physical to the, you know, mental, emotional, and, and even spiritual. I love that. Well, I mean, as you know, there's never just one thing. Yeah. Right. It's like, um, it's multiple things that, are. I know you don't love using the term like healing journey, right? Yeah. I was going to say it. Yeah. Yeah. We could totally rent on that too. Um, but yeah, there's multiple, multiple tools that we need in our toolbox, right. To help us feel our very best. And also things change. What worked for us, you know, five years ago or 10 years ago may not be the thing that's now serving us. And we have to, you know, transform that or learn or unlearn something there. So it's always, it's always a learning and it's always a process. So yeah. 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 And I mean, the the whole healing thing, like, I don't know why I think for a physical healing journey, I think that makes a lot of sense to me, but as I've kind of evolved into, I guess, more of myself and all these buzzwords, I'm like, what even am I I saying? This is hilarious. (laughs) It's okay. But, um, (laughs) but when you get into the like identity aspect of ourself and and even like the taking your power back idea none of that is ever really lost we just like forget right. it and we just kind of yes. allow ourselves unintentionally i think especially you know when we're young we don't know that it's happening and so it's really just a guiding of ourselves back to what is inherent to us and what feels natural and, and aligned another one of the the buzzwords but um yep yep it's there's, there's not like the same kind of wounding aspect in my head that happens with like a a physical issue, right? Like your gut, um, leaky gut, your gut is kind of wounded in a sense, if you will. But I don't think that necessarily happens with our identity. It's just that we kind of forget who we are. So it's like, can we just remember and kind of return to that inherent natural state of us? Yes. 
I love it. I love that so much. I totally relate. And don't worry about your uh, choice of <laughs> no, words. It's me, it's me and more on myself. The whole spirituality thing, that's like part of my um, <laughs> I'm just lot in life, I think, as I say all these words. I'm like, what are we even saying? Just because of the way they've been co-opted. But <laughs> Totally. But I also think it's a like it's what people get and understand. Yeah. So it's like a relatable term, I feel like. So yeah. yeah. We'll roll with it. We're, we're with it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll go with that. Okay. Awesome. So let's talk about human design. Let's kind of do like a human design 101. What is it? Yeah. Loaded question. Um, which I'm, yeah, that is a very loaded question. Um, and you and I are both self-projected projectors with a one, three profile. And it's just hilarious. Yeah. It is hilarious. Uh, yeah. I need to see your chart too, to see like what we have like similar or different within that. Cause I, I have not met another I mean, I've met a few self-projected projectors, but not another like one, three self-projected projectors. Yeah. So it's just hilarious yeah. to me. Yeah. yeah. And it, I've met one, three mm-hmm. projectors. I've met many projectors, but a one, three self-projected projector. Yeah. No, I haven't. That was, that was you. So I was like, oh my God, this is crazy. Yeah. Um, which is why who knows where this episode is going to go, guys. <laughs> totally all over the place. Oh my God. Okay. So human design 101, where do you even want to start with? I'm going to let you just like roll with that one. Yeah. So I think I'll start with kind of an overview of what the system itself is. It's kind of this really interesting synthesis of a bunch of other systems. So there's astrology involved. There is the I Ching involved. There's the tree Mm -hmm. of life, um, the Kabbalah. Um, There's also some people are skeptical of this, but quantum physics, you know, in terms of at the moment you're born, how do the literal subatomic particles, you know, pass through your being. And that's how we get kind of like the energy passing through you aspect of human design. And so when we kind of zoom out a little bit from that kind of convoluted, you know, what is, what is it made up of? It really is, like I mentioned before, kind of an awareness tool, but it's also in my mind, a little bit of an instruction manual, so to speak. And that's not to say that it is set in stone and the law, you know, it's a, it's a exploration tool really to help you better understand how you operate in a bunch of different areas. Um, we have a conscious or, you know, mind aspect of the chart that, um, that might be, you know, aspects of you that are easier for you to identify with because it's the more conscious side. There's also a subconscious side of the chart. So you have aspects of yourself that may be inherent to you, but you're not as kind of consciously aware of. Um, and I found that leaning into a lot of those things has really unlocked a lot for me, um, instead of really getting stuck in the mind. And, you know, that's another huge thing that human design is really good for is getting us out of the mind and into the body to make our decisions to, um, help lead us through life on the path of least resistance, if you will. And it's really, I see it as a conversation between you and life. Once you start to really understand all of these aspects and how energy is kind of moving through you based on your definition and your type, all of that. Um, I like to talk about it in terms of biofeedback. So your body is taking in all of the information from the environment, from people, from what you're doing, all of that sort of thing and making sense of it. And through the lens of human design, we can start to play with that in a more active way. Um, 
which is pretty cool. There's this like scientific, get a little nerdy for a second, um, concept Mm -hmm. of interoception, which is essentially how kind of the subconscious parts of your body really do take in that information from the environment, which is happening all the time. You know, it's feeding information to your brain and then we consciously decide what to do with that. So this is a way to get into deeper touch with the information that you're intaking from the environment, that interoception aspect, and start to kind of maybe manipulate isn't the right word for it, but it's just like you would with nutrition, right? You can start to understand how different foods are impacting your body, your gut, your skin, all of that. We can do the same thing with the information that we're picking up from the environment, this sort of like energetic aspect. So it's pretty neat. I'm obsessed with it. (laughs) Oh yeah, totally. So when you were learning human design, because this was the journey that I went through, I had studied at the International School of Human Design for a few months. And maybe it's because I was a projector, but there was this like, there were these parts where I was just like, wow, this is so overwhelming that I don't even know what to make of this right now. Like I almost had to step away so that I could just like let it land a little bit. And it's interesting because a part of me really wanted to like take it and teach it and share it. But then I got like very, like in my head about it, I think. And then I think it also became like, I, f- I felt like so many people in the human design space were selling to like the mind, and, right? Yep. And I'm sure we can, oh. we can talk about that. <laughs> we'll yeah. Stay on that. <laughs> like, oh yeah. I, we can tell. And they were like selling to the mind and just became like, I became really distanced from it because I was just like, I don't know the way this conversation is going with human design right now. It's just, I don't like it. So I was like, either, yeah, I'm just going to take a step back from it, or I'm going to dive in here and really start changing the conversation around it, which is why I love you because you're really changing the conversation around it and highlighting, you know, things that are like really overhyped with it and just breaking down more of the like essence of it, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, it's so funny and we can kind of touch on some of what the kind of fundamentals of the chart are, but, um, I have a dominance of five. So I have a one, three profile, but I have a lot of fives in my chart, which essentially the five is kind of here to shake things up a little bit and to be a little Mm. bit triggering and to point out the things that, um, there's, there's an element of projector in this too. And this is the other interesting thing about human design is like so many different pieces of the chart have very similar flavors. So every time I talk about one aspect, I'm like, also that, and also that. that." Yeah, (laughs) totally. (laughs) But, um, I've really had to, especially in the earlier stages of starting to share human design, I had a lot of imposter syndrome around like, you know, I'm, I've only been doing this for so many years and there are these people that are, you know, decades into this, like, what am I doing right. sharing my voice? Um, right. And also because I have a very non-traditional approach to it, I am saying things that go a little bit against the grain. I really had to insulate myself from like, and and it really so much of it is self judgment, right? Like I'm yeah. prejudging myself based on how of I course. think things will be received, which is a very projector kind of fear and thing yep. to do, fifth line as well. But um, I've really just kind of embraced it, and and I'm embracing it more and more and more. And it's really fun to see the feedback from people who are like, I've never heard of it talked about this way before. This is so amazing, or like, yeah, this totally resonates. And so it's been really fun. I love that. Oh, that's so great. And then also being a self projected projectors, like finding your voice, honoring your voice, you know, all of that. So yeah, that's amazing. Okay. So maybe let's go through like the types and just kind of break 
break those down? Yeah. So I'll kind of explain my approach to human design because I think when a lot of people understand or or get into human design, type is one of the first things that they really get. Um, And there's this interesting correlation I've noticed with type and like society at large in a sense that type is really, in my opinion, how we are kind of relating to the other, right? It's how we relate to our work. It's how we relate to other people based on our definition, right? Um, and your definition is what what makes your type. There are five types, uh, projector, manifester, generator, manifesting generator, and reflector. Um, and we can dig into what each of those are, but it's interesting that so much of human design really emphasizes type for two reasons. One, it's how we're received by the other, right? And all of society or so much of society is based on how we're received by the other, what we do, you know, how much money we make, this perception of, you know, where we fit into society rather than who we are, like what makes up Caitlin versus, you know, everybody when you meet them, it's like, what do you do? Like, totally. I'm me. <laughs> yeah. So, right. How do you really answer that, you know? Yeah. yeah. And then the other aspect is, um, open head. I told I just lost it. But anyway, um, the way that I like to approach human design, it'll probably come back to me. Um, the other, the way that I like to approach human design is really internal first, um, a little bit inside out, if you will. So I like to start with your authority. I say, if there's any one thing that you learn out of your human design, let it be your authority. Cause that's literally how you make your clearest and most aligned decisions, you know, lead yourself on the path of least resistance, make life feel really good and easy for you. And then if you pick two things, the second one would be your profile. And I like to go a little bit deeper and say all of the lines um, for my journey. And I can't even tell you how many clients I I would say I see this the majority of the time. There's a line within their chart that is more prominent or um, even missing sometimes. That's not as common. But um, if you have a line that's more prominent than your profile, that's going to play a really big role in how you feel and perceive yourself and operate. Um, So I like to really go through all of the lines. And then we can get an energy type because then we understand ourselves first rather than trying to understand myself through what I do and how I'm received. So it's a little bit backwards to most of it. But I like that. Yeah. I find I like, that it, I like how you've done that. Yeah. People are much more receptive to it. Um, cause in the beginning I definitely started with type, um, cause that's what everybody was doing. I was like, this must be the way. Right. And right. I find that people are much more receptive to going kind of the backwards way because I, I mean, I probably similar to you when I first found human design, I learned about being a projector and I was like, oh my gosh, this makes a lot of sense. But then I had the moment right. of overwhelm, like there's too much and I don't know how to, yes. and you go to the self-study and you like Google, like, what does this mean? And it's this weird language that makes no sense. And you're like, okay, I can't, I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, totally. So when I got back into it and I started to really unpack more of the layers, um, and, and have started to kind of, you know, guide and coach based on this kind of different lens, I find people are so much more receptive to it because so much of the conditioning really does lay in the centers. Um, that's not to say it can't be anywhere else. There's a lot of conditioning that happens in the line as well. But if you tell, I have, you know, funny examples of like manifestors, for instance, that you're like, you know, you're here to be free. You're here to inform and to initiate and all these things. And they're like, what the heck? I work at night. What does like, that- this doesn't yeah. make sense to me. But if you start with the lines, like how I understand myself, you know, you really relate to building community or um, you're an investigator, a researcher. Like these are things that people more so know about themselves. And so they're more receptive. And then once you start to talk about, you know, the type and the manifesto and all the things, they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. I can see how maybe I haven't been, you know, I've been desiring to be that way, but life hasn't kind of led me on that path. So Right. Okay. I love it. 
If you're in the middle of your holiday shopping, you're going to want to head on over to CozyEarth.com and check out their beautiful bedding, their bath products. They have really amazing bamboo jogger sets for men and women and lots of new arrivals. I recently got a duvet cover from them and I absolutely love it. They have temperature regulating and moisture wicking fabric. So this is going to keep you cool all year long. And their luxury bedding and loungewear is literally the softest you will ever find. Not only did I get the duvet cover, but I also got the bamboo joggers and the hoodie in navy. I got the matching set and I'm in love with them. They're so cozy and so comfortable. I am definitely going to be wearing them all winter long. Cozy Earth is gifting us with 35% off site-wide, which is a huge savings. So head on over to CozyEarth.com, use the coupon code WellnessWitch, and that will save you 35% off site-wide. So let's talk about the lines then. And maybe even before getting into that, um, for anybody that's listening, that's like, I don't, I don't really know anything about human design or I don't know what my chart, you know, my chart is or anything like that. Um, you could go to like mybodygraph.com. Like I, there's all kinds of, I'm sure you recommend it. There's a site that maybe you recommend specifically, but, um, go to mybodygraph.com. Yeah. <laughs> enter, enter in your information, your birthday, your time, all that information, and then you'll get your chart. And then maybe you want to come back to this episode to listen to Caitlin <laughs> and then really start to break it down. So when you're like, what is she talking about the lines? She's she's about to explain that. So, yeah. <laughs> so let's get into that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I will say, when you get your tart, uh, take a deep breath. <laughs> Try not to get overwhelmed. Yes. It looks totally bananas when you first look at it. There's like it shapes and colors and symbols and numbers. And you're like, I, I literally don't know what this means. So <laughs> right. Um, yeah. yeah. Take a deep breath. Take it slow. Um, yeah. So the lines. The lines. Um, profile is the first thing that people understand when they talk about, or when we talk about lines, um, your profile comes from the sun placements. And when you see your body graph, there'll be these columns, um, usually red or black, they might be different colors depending on, um, which, or which site you get it from that represent the conscious and the subconscious sides of your chart. Um, and you'll right. see the astrological symbols. I'm sure most people, if they're kind of here, they they know a little bit about astrology. Yes. So you'll see all the symbols down the sides. Um, there's a number within each of those little boxes that has the planetary symbol in it. Um, the number represents a gate and the number has a decimal point and the number behind the decimal point is the line. So there's going to be lines in every single one of those boxes. And there's even lines elsewhere in the chart. There's lines underneath the arrows. There's even if we go layers deeper, there's lines underneath the lines. So it can get very complex. But for right. our discussion, we're just really focused on those decimal points that happen or that show up in the uh, planetary placements. So your profile is the sun placements, the decimal points. You start with the mind side and you look at the decimal point on the sun placement, and then you take it um, from the subconscious side, the body side, and that's your profile. So there are 12 different combinations. There are six lines in total, one, three, a six, two, a five, one, you know, 12 different combinations. Right. But then if you scan down each of those sides you'll see that there's a bunch of different numbers. You'll have, you know, for us, ones and threes on the top two, but then we'll get into twos and fives and sixes and um, all the different numbers will very likely show up. I would say it's less common to be missing a number from the, the gate placements completely, but it does happen. 
And so what I really like to look at is, you know, profile is really important. It's, we kind of talk about it in terms of the character that you came to play in this lifetime. So these are these two kind of primary archetypical energies that you'll be playing with um, because the sun is, you know, a, a primary placement. But when we start to count up all of the lines that show up within each of the planetary placements, you can kind of get a distribution of how many lines you actually have impacting all of those different aspects of your chart. Um, and again, there's there's layers deeper, so there's not only lines here. But when you look at these, these are how you express, you know, Mercury, how you communicate, um, Jupiter, you know, uh, growth and expansion and prosperity and, and all of these different ways that we express. There's lines in all of those. And so you can see maybe you have more fours than you have ones and threes. If you're a one, three profile, maybe you have a lot of threes and sixes. So you have more sixes than ones. And so you can start to see that while profile is important, there are also potentially these other areas that if you're not really understanding the energy of that line as well, you might be staying really stuck there. And what I see for a lot of people is because the lines are really how we kind of understand ourselves, that we get stuck before taking action in the lines. A lot of the way that we take action that is out of alignment comes through the centers. So, you know, work through the sacral, for instance, you could be misaligned in your work going through the sacral. And we can talk about what the, the, um, centers are as well and what those represent or wherever we want to go with it. But, um, the, the lines are most commonly, I see them as a sticky point before you take action. So for me, it, came through entrepreneurship. Um, I got stuck in my one. And then once I understood my one line, I got stuck in my three. And then once I understood my three, I stayed stuck for a really long time until I saw this view. I have so many fives. Oh, I get to be really safe and secure in what I do and how I speak in, you know, in my perspective and create safety there. And then everything ran much smoother. So got it. Ah, Long-winded okay. explanation, but <laughs> no, but that's, that's good. That's really good. So do you want to take us through like the main, I mean, it's hard to even say like if you're a one, three or you're a five, like we could be, that could just be one entire episode. Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, we, I could give a quick overview, like a, a snippet of what each one is. And I even like to not just focus on the profile alone. I like to give people an understanding of what the lines are so they can kind of start to piece it together for themselves. Because awesome. this is a big thing with human design too, is like, it's, in my opinion, meant to be massaged. It's like a living, breathing system. I like to think about it in terms of like a department store or a clothing store. Like you're going to go in and you're going to get a t-shirt and you're going to get a pair of pants or a shirt. Maybe it's a long sleeve shirt. Maybe it's a crop top. Maybe it's a button up. Who knows? But that's exactly the point. Like we're all, we all have all of these aspects, whether it's the centers or the lines or anything else, but it's going to fit differently. And like the shirt that I would get as a one, three Caitlin projector, would be different than the shirt that you would get as a one, three Samantha self-projector projector. Right. And so right. we get to massage it and play around with it. And this is so third line of me to be like, play, because <laughs> that's what the third line is about. But you really do get to play around with it until that aspect feels really good and aligned for you. And mm -hmm. like you said earlier on, it's going to evolve over time. So the way that I understand myself as a one, three right now, I'll probably evolve into more or different levels of that as I kind of evolve myself. So. Right. Okay. I love that. 
So then do you want to break down like each of those in kind of like the simplest way possible? Yeah, we'll run through real quick. So um, there's six lines and I'll just give you kind of the, the highlights of each one. So we'll start with the one. The one is essentially all about the foundation. Um, if you think of these six lines as if we're like building a house, the one is really here to investigate the foundation of that house and, and make sure it's solid and stable and to, you know, find any cracks in order to fix the cracks. So the rest of the house can be built nice and, you know, neat and not fall over and all the things. So, right. The one of the biggest sticky points for the one is because you're you love information so much and you're really like digging around to like find all the facts and the things that interest you. The sticky point can be never feeling like you have enough information, never feeling like you know enough. And so you stay researching all the time until you have this sense of safety and I know all the things, but you're never gonna know all the things. So for the one, it's really important to know that you know enough now wherever you are it's perfect. And you get to learn more as you go. So creating that safety around the fact that you know enough and you will always learn more. That's a big thing for the one. Fully relate. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It it was rough. (laughs) Uh, The two, um, so moving up one is naturally gifted. Um, a lot of the traditional human design lingo talks about the two in terms of being a hermit. And yes, there is a little bit of a hermit energy, but some people are a little polarized by that term just because I'm like, I'm not a recluse, you know, that sort of thing. Right. So I like to talk about the two in terms of being naturally gifted. There's just something that you're really good at as a two. And you don't really know how you know. You don't really know why you're good at it. You just really are good at it. And other people can see it in you, but you can't necessarily see it in yourself there's a very projector energy to this is, you know, it's hard to see ourselves as projectors. Um, so for the two, it can be really supportive to have people around you who can reflect back to you what you're gifted at. Um, and also as a two, give yourself permission to just know things. Like you don't have to worry about why, you know, you don't have to explain or justify it's enough that, you know, Um, And I I like to recommend for my twos, you know, in case you don't have somebody around all the time that you can ask, like, what am I good at? Like, remind me of my gifts. Write it on a post-it note. Like, whatever feedback you've gotten, post it in your workspace, post on your bathroom mirror, just so you're constantly getting that validation of, oh, yeah, that's what I'm really good at. Um, Because the two does like to kind of sit back and, you know, do its thing sometimes and, and study. You know, again, it has other lines, too, so it'll go out and do. It's not just a hermit all the time. Um, right. But, but yeah, in case it doesn't have the other there, I like to make sure that they remind themselves of what they're really good at. Wow. So third line, uh, another one that's near and dear to my heart. Uh, mm-hmm. third line <laughs> is all about play and exploration and experimentation and trying all the things. Um, super important for the third line. Like failure does not exist. (laughs) It is not a word that exists in my vocabulary anymore. And there's so much societal conditioning around, you know, be the overachiever, get the good grades. Otherwise, you know, you're not successful. You're a failure, whatever that means about you. That does not exist for the third line. The third line is literally here to kind of like mess it up over and over again. I joke that the third line is going to put their hand on the stove like seven times just to see what happens, (laughs) if there's anything different. Um, And there's a lot of fear of judgment that can happen with the three in terms of, you know, other people are telling me I'm making the same mistake over. But for the three, you know, in addition to failure doesn't exist for you, like it's all feedback. Trust that even if it looks to other people or maybe even to yourself, that you're doing the same thing, you're getting something else out of it. And sometimes it takes a little bit of reflection to be like, okay, what was different about that? Because it was on paper, the same 
thing, but there's always going to be new levels of insight and information. You're not doing the same thing over and over. There is a reason for it. And when you're ready to move on, you will. So it's the permission just to like try all the things. And the third line doing that gives everyone else permission to try and experiment and play as well. Love it. So I can relate. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Then from the three to the four, we, the, the bottom three lines are more kind of like individual energies. The top three are more so kind of community tribe sort of energies. And so the four is where we start to get into community. The four loves to build community. It kind of loves people, but it's not just all people. It's kind of the right people. So whatever the four's kind of intention purpose is, it's building the right community to, to create support around that purpose. And the reason that it brings people together is to allow everyone to kind of shine brighter within their gifts as well. And so a couple of things that can happen with the four is the four can kind of lose themselves in community. So it's really important for the four to stay really clear on like, who am I? Like, where do I end and begin? Um, Because the four really does love to kind of like melt into its community. Um, And there's also a thing that can happen with the four around like blaming other people for what the four does. Because it's not always Mm -hmm. clear and, you know, pristine around what it is and how it operates. Um, so it can kind of be like, oh, well, they did that, like play the victim a little bit. So it's important also for the three to be like, oh yeah, this was my role in this situation. This is how I contributed and showed up and, and all of that. So that you really take responsibility for how you're showing up in the community as well. Um, five and six, Yep, five and six. So five is, I like to call it kind of the seer. The five sees everything. Everything also sees the five. Um, A really easy example, I think, of this is (laughs) Spider-Man. So if you've ever seen the Spider-Man movies, you know that, you know, everybody knows about Spider-Man. Some people love Spider-Man and they're like, he's a hero. He's saving the day. Some people really hate Spider-Man. And they're like, he's a villain. We got to put this guy away. That is the journey of the five. Some people are going to love you Mm -hmm. for what you do. Some people are going to be super triggered by you. And there's this kind of like projection field that can happen. So... Everybody sees you. They project their stories onto you. You know that they're seeing you. So then you start to project onto them and also onto yourself. And so for the five, again, it's really about building this safety and security in you as you that like, this is just my thing. This is my voice. This is who I am. And it really doesn't matter what anybody else thinks or feels like as long as I feel safe and secure, I can release those projections and the people that are my people are going to be here for it and not worry about the rest. Love that. And last but not least, the six. So Mm -hmm. once we get all the way up to the top, we have the six. Um, Traditional human design talks about the six as being a role model. But I prefer to talk about as being an objective observer because the the role model thing can kind of put a little bit of pressure on the six to be kind of perfect. And that's not the point. The point is that the six for a certain portion of its life. Traditional human design also kind of says around 30 years, but it doesn't have to be the 30 years. It's not necessarily the Saturn return thing. So whatever that portion is, the six is going to operate a lot like a three. So there's going to be trial and error. Um, They're going to be throwing spaghetti at the wall just to see what sticks. It's going to feel a little bit more uncomfortable for the six line because the three, when it's, you know, in the high expression has a little bit more resilience to just kind of like mess things up and go on its merry way. Whereas the six kind of like doesn't feel natural to that because it, it really is, you know, on the journey to become this objective observer. And so there's this point in time where 
we call it climbing on the roof for whatever reason, that the six will kind of retreat a little bit and start to integrate all of its learnings from its kind of third line phase and really establish its point of view and its perspective based on that lived experience. And so we get this kind of like removed idea with the six once it kind of climbs on the roof that this is just the way the six thinks and feels and sees things. And it's not really involved in the drama of everything else, the way that the other lines are. Not that that is drama per se, but kind of the discussion. The six is just like, this is how I see. And, you know, it shares its wisdom based on its lived experience. And, you know, if you take it cool, if you don't, but like, this is just how I see things and and it is what it is. So that's. Okay. So start there with understanding you. The part, yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. And then, um, I mean, we could always dive into like, there's just so much to go, to go from here. Um, I don't even know what makes sense to go from here. Yeah. I think it, I think it makes sense for you to share it in the way that feels most natural to you and how you want people to really understand it. So yeah. Like what would be the next thing? Yeah, I would say in addition to the lines, it's authority. And I don't think we need to go through all the authorities because we'll probably be right. well. Um, yeah, but and here's why I like to start with authority, and it and it does kind of spiral into the energy type thing. When you are truly living from your authority, like moment to moment, day to day, a lot of the conversation around energy type naturally takes care of itself. Your authority is your, you know, inner guidance system. It's kind of your, you know, the way that your intuition speaks to you and through you through the lens of your body. It has a unique way that it expresses. Um, it could be, you know, literally listen to your gut if you're a sacral authority. Like that's true for you. Um, mine, I really think follow my heart, right? Because it's as self-projected. It's my heart space, and I got nothing else going on in my chart. Well, my throat, but um, so okay. it's it's really follow my heart. Um, and you could be, you know, an outer authority, but that still means that you have an inner authority. So the languaging around it can kind of be sticky sometimes, but when you are truly living from your authority, and I really like to, to call that out specifically because a lot of people like know about their authority, but it's a thing that they do sometimes like, oh, I'm, I'm making a decision. Let me ask my sacral and see what it says. And like, that's not the point. The point is to be in constant conversation with this part of you because that part of you is in constant conversation with life, trying to get you towards what's most correct for you. And I think, again, part of my story is what informed this is, and maybe we talked about this on my episode too, when I was in that really toxic job, my heart space was speaking through my voice. And because it wasn't coming from my mind, I didn't know to listen to it. And Mm -hmm. because I stayed in that job and it was too stressful and I didn't have good coping mechanisms, all the things, and my health totally tanked, like if I had known to listen, I could have left earlier. I'm grateful for the experience because it got me to to where I am now, but it's just a really interesting reflection point. And so- And even with my journey in human design, there was a long time when I knew that I was self-projected. I knew what that meant and I knew, you know, how to tap into it based on what I had been, you know, told about it. But I wasn't encouraged or given the space per se to try and maybe not encouraged. I was encouraged, but I didn't know what it felt like or looked like to experiment with it and play with it and really tap into it moment to moment, um, which is part of the why or the, yeah, the why behind how my containers are kind of set up now. 
um, is to give people space walking with me to help remind them how to experiment. Um, because when you're kind of left on your own, you're like, I, okay, this is a thing that I know exactly to your point about, it's all about information. And I'm like, no, yes. it's about on the ground. Like, let's get into your body. Let's figure out what this looks and feels like for you so that you can live from it. Um, and, and yeah, the energy type stuff kind of takes care of itself. So. Okay. I love this. So because I, this is like a big, this is a big thing for people. It's like, I don't know how to connect with this. I don't know how to trust this. I know it. Like, for example, okay, I know I'm a self-projected projector, but like, what does that mean to embody it and trust it and listen to it? Like, I, I don't know. Right. So I think this is where people get really stuck because to your point, they, they know what it is, but to like embody it is something totally different. Yeah. And I mean, it's even so interesting to reflect on just the way people feel about their bodies. Like for me, I hated the sound of my own voice for the first 28 years of my life, 29 years of my life until I started to play with my authority and really understand what that was. The tone of my voice has completely changed since tapping mm -hmm. into this part of me, since, you know, doing the deconditioning work. So if you had asked me to listen to my voice as my decision maker, I'd be like, hell no. <laughs> or if you ask totally. someone who, you know, has gut issues to listen to your gut, like what is the, the relationship going to be there? We're so resistant to these parts of ourselves. So a lot of the conversation begins with like, how do we actually feel about this part of ourselves? What's my relationship to this part? And it can be a really beautiful healing tool for people who do feel disconnected from their body, do dislike parts of their body, we can start to, and, and that's not to say that it will be easy. I had a lot of tears and a lot of all the things in trying to, you know, become back in tune with my body because I had body dysmorphia and all the things, but right. it can be a really beautiful healing tool to use to get you into relationship with it and to trust that. Um, but in my experience, it really does take people, you know, in order to get from the thing that I'm just using sometimes to this thing that I'm in constant relationship with it, it does take that constant reminder and that constant kind of check-in with yourself or with, you know, a mentor or guide, whoever it is, in order to be like, ooh, am I actually living from this place, what is this feeling like for me? You know, one of the questions that I like to start with for people is, can you think of a time in your past when you did make a decision from this place or from this, you know, method? And, and how did that go for you? You know, what went well? Did it go well? All of that sort of thing. And can you also similarly think of a time when you made a, a decision that went contrary to, you know, what you know about this authority and how it operates? And how did that go for you? Because I think the contrast of those two, if they can think of a, a time that it went really well for them, it really starts to click in that, oh, when I actually did this thing that, and we all know this about ourselves, right? It's all inherent totally. to us. We just don't know to listen. And yes. so when they can connect those dots, that that decision, whatever it was, the result was better, the process was easier, you know, however that looked like for them, it starts to really connect the dots between, oh, living from this way makes a huge difference for me. And so you want to do it and you want to experiment a little more rather than just being like, oh yeah, I make easy decisions. Like, what does that even mean? Right. Totally. Okay. So let's talk about some of the overhyped things that you're seeing in human design. Um, I know there's one thing that you talk about in terms of like ignoring your physical body. Yeah. Explain that yeah. to us. Well, I mean, human design to me is such a, 
a body-based tool. Um, it literally is here to get us out of the mind and into our bodies. And I, I have a little bit of an issue, I guess, with the way that most people are talking about it because it's just pummeling you with information rather than highlighting like, what does this actually look like in my day-to-day life? Which I try to do that with a lot of my content. It was like, HDIRL, right? Like human design in real life. This is the way that it shows up for me and the way that I'm using it to benefit me in my relationships or um, in my body or whatever it is. And I just like, there's so much information out there. And, and I struggle with this sometimes too, because even with the energy type thing, it's like, the whole point of the system is differentiation. Yet we're teaching it in a way that's bucketing people into these ways of being these types, which like, yes, that's to some degree an accurate bucket, but we lose a lot of the nuance and the differentiation aspects when we talk about it in terms of type. So I think those are two of my main gripes with it is this overemphasis on type and then people over-identify with it. And, and it can even be a sticking point for people because if they find something within the type conversation that they don't resonate with, they kind of get turned off. Like I'm, that's not me. And so I'm not going right. to, I'm not going to listen. And then also this emphasis on the information rather than like, what does this actually look like? And how does this okay. actually feel? And, and what does it mean to actually use this moment to moment day to day? For sure. Like what comes to mind is obviously like with projectors, like quote unquote, you're not meant to work a nine to five, right? And, oh, you're lazy and you should only work a few hours a day. Like, like seven a lot a day. Of, yes. I so a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> I don't hate them. I just don't take them. Like, oh. For sure. And a lot of people are confused by that. And like for myself, I think back to, you know, when I was a teenager and in my twenties, like I, I didn't really have an option, but to go get a nine to five job, you know, like I, yeah, if I wanted to whatever, pay for school or go out and do things and like start to carve a path for myself in the career world, like I had to go get a nine to five job. But as I've evolved and as I've gotten older and now I'm an entrepreneur and I've done so much work on myself and whatnot, I can now resonate with the, oh, this nine to five thing doesn't work for me, especially as an entrepreneur where there's so much energy output and creative output. I now understand my boundaries around rest and sleep and work and play, right? So like, that's how I've taken that. Yeah. And that's kind of part of the reason that I like to focus on the centers too, rather than type broadly. I think the conversation for projectors is especially sticky because there are subtypes of projectors. So we're classic projectors, but you could be an energy projector where you do have an energy center, though not the sacral, which is the most kind of consistent. Um, So you maybe feel like you have a lot more output day to day. Like, Right. For me, yeah, a couple hours a day feels really good. But there will also be days, you know, the other day I worked for like six hours straight and barely moved from my computer and I was like so in it and excited. And totally. uh, it, it frustrates me. Like I saw one of the biggest, you know, human design accounts out there with a post about like projectors, even if you're in a nine to five, you should only work two to three hours. You should only do this. Like the only thing you should do, do. is follow your authority. <laughs> Honestly, that will tell you if you have the energy to work when it's time to rest, which is again, kind of feeding back into this, like tapping into it moment to moment rather than just like tapping into it when I am making a decision. It tells me when I'm inspired. It tells me 
when I'm needing to rest and, and take a breather and, and all the things. And so, um, yeah, I just think it, it gets so convoluted versus if we focus a little bit more on your energy centers and you can start to put the pieces together of, oh, oh okay. So I have, you know, my will center defined that works in short bursts and then takes rest. And so I can start to understand how my actual energy based on my definition operates rather than looking at in terms of this lens, this big bucket of type, which doesn't take into account enough of the nuance. Right. Yeah. It gets a little sticky. And I think I think there are some broader pieces of the type conversation that do work a little bit more. Um, but I think when it comes to the actual, like how we operate conversation, it just makes it too generalized. And, and again, it's this conversation I have with myself all the time. Like I get it. I get the need to make it a little bit simpler and generalize a little bit so people can digest it. But at the same time, that makes it inaccessible for a lot of people because it's like, that doesn't feel like me which could be conditioning or it could be that's just not the way your energy moves. And so there's, yeah, there's all this nuance right. that it doesn't capture. For sure. And I, it's funny, like I think back to one of my jobs when I was a sales rep. And so it felt very entrepreneurial because I got to kind of manage my schedule a little bit, but I still had like people over my shoulder and a boss on my shoulder and calling me at forget 8.30 in the morning. And I'm like, I don't wake up early. And you want me to be in these stores, like go to these accounts, like literally six, seven hours a day, which doesn't work for me. Uh, and I got it done in half the time, but I didn't know anything about my human design at that point. But it like now looking back, it's just like, oh, it makes so much sense that like, why this job or just being in that, you know, mm -hmm. specific industry, like why that just didn't work for me, but I could still be in the industry. I just had to do it in my own way and honor my own times. Um, yeah. So, yeah. And which is a great point too. It's a way that you can empower yourself to have conversations. Like even if you do have a nine to five, I feel like the, the piece for projectors that gets often missed in the, like how long we work conversation is we're super efficient. So what might take someone else six hours will take you or I right. two or three. And so that's where that idea comes from. And, and it's a way that regardless of type, you can kind of empower yourself using nuggets from your authority, news, using nuggets from um, your, your type and the, your definition really in the way your energy operates to say like, hey, boss, or if you're getting a new job, like, hey, I'm super efficient. So how does this, how does this work? You know, can we be a little more flexible in the way my day looks to better benefit, you know, my my gifts really, because it is a gift to be so efficient. And so totally. a projector who's feeling super burnt out, like maybe invite yourself to have that conversation with your boss and say like, Hey, can we, can we switch things around a little bit? Because I'm getting all of this done in a short amount of time. So, you know, what can we do here that will better honor me or my energy? Or maybe it's just a reflection point for yourself, but, um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. That's a good point. Okay. So you had this interesting post. I thought it was kind of funny and it was marry my authority, fuck my profile, kill my energy. <laughs> I would love for you to expand on that. Yeah. I just like to have fun with human design. That's one of my kind of ways that I like to teach about it. Um, and I don't yeah. really fancy myself a teacher. I'm just like, here's a funny thing. Here's, you know, let's go out and play. It's fun. I love um, it. So that kind of came from partially just my like different angle on it. I thought it would be fun to see people's responses to it. And the reason that I would marry my authority is because like I said, this, this really takes 
a lot of the rest of the the conversation, even like the strategy conversation. Like I'm not super big on strategy. If I'm really tapped into my authority, I can feel into like, do I feel invited or not? Like it's a, it's Mm -hmm. a felt experience. I don't need to worry about, you know, what is an invitation and what does this look like? And how does it feel like live my life, be in tune with my authority and the rest takes care of itself. Truly. Um, so, so that's part of the reason that I would marry authority. It's the, the one thing that I want to be in relationship with for the rest of my life. Um, (laughs) and kill energy type, you know, along a similar vein, I don't really need all the information if I'm really, again, tuned into my authority moment to moment. Um, cause it'll tell me when it's time to rest or when it's time to work or all of the things. Um, it'll tell me if my environment is correct for me or, you know, yada, yada, yada. And then last but not least, lines fit in somewhere. I think once you have a general understanding of the lines, sure, you will be in a relationship to a degree with it over time, but it's more so like, oh, this is my kind of character archetype. And now that I understand that and I understand the way that I operate. So you can kind of like set it aside after you kind of get that understanding. Of course, you'll want to revisit it, but um, yes. yeah, I think I think overall the authority piece like locked in and then, and then I was like, the rest just kind of makes sense from there. So. Awesome. Okay, cool. Well, I think that was a really great overview and a really great place for people to kind of start with. And it's all about authority. So (laughs) you're new and you're listening to this and you still feel really confused and whatnot. I would just start exploring your authority and you know, what that means to you, what that feels like for you, what that looks like for you in your life. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for breaking that down for us. Is there anything you'd like to add? Um, well, on the topic of authority too, I do have a free, like short training. I forget how long it is. It's pretty short. Um, that goes over all the authority. So I know we didn't do it today, but, um, maybe we can link that in the show notes for people and they can watch that training totally free, um, to get to know their authority a little bit better and, and start to play around with it. Um, but I think like my biggest takeaway, or I guess two with, with human design, especially when you're starting out is, let it be simple. Like there's so much that we get excited about and get into that we want to, you know, maybe that's just because I'm a one line. I'm like, I need to know everything about everything. I need to, yeah, um, totally. <laughs> like, I need to know what this gate represents and what's my purpose and all the things. And I'm, I like to say, yeah. kind of like slow your roll. Um, yeah. I have a, a sort of mini course called Define, which really goes over in a much slower way the fundamentals. So the three things that I've talked about, the authority, the lines and your type, really your definition more broadly, um, so that you can start to feel empowered in these most fundamental aspects of your chart. Cause a lot of what's out there when it comes to human design is like, let's sit in a reading and then like go off on your own and your merry way. And you're like, what the heck? Like, totally. Too much information. Now I'm not going to do anything with it. So, um, yeah. I've set that one up really intentionally. You know, if people want to explore that, that's great. But, um, to go slow with it, make sure you really do not just understand, but have integrated those three fundamental aspects and then play with everything else. Cause that really, it, it all is an evolution of those kind of three fundamental pieces. So go slow, even if you don't want to, <laughs> my recommendation. Um, and then the other piece is really the embodiment piece. Like, again, this is like a, a body-based tool. It's about the embodiment. It's about getting out of the mind and literally tapping us into this amazing intelligent tool that we're existing in as this consciousness, you know, this human suit. And so play with it, embody with it, you know, try things on, um, experiment. It's so third line of me, like saying all the third line things, but like, that's really what it is. Um, and you know, if it feels good aligned to you, find some support. Cause I think that made the most difference when I found, um, someone to work with me around kind of on a long-term basis, the, 
energetics and the the deconditioning more broadly to help me align with that thing and really embody it and understand what it is to embody because there, there's a lot of stuff that has to kind of move out of the way um, when we really do start to embody that. So kind of that long-term support if you're really committed to making this a lifestyle rather than just something that I'm aware of and kind of use sometimes, um, that would be kind of my... I guess there's kind of two recommendations, the embodiment piece and also kind of the support to help you with the embodiment. So amazing. I love it. Well, we will be sure to put all of that in the show notes. So I encourage everybody to go get it. And where else can everybody find you and connect with you? I know you're hanging out on Instagram. Yep. Um, Instagram is the primary place at underscore Caitlin Kirkpatrick. I won't spell it for you. It'll be in the show notes. Um, <laughs> CaitlinKirkpatrick.com is my website. Um, all the links and booking and everything is on there. Um, but yeah, just come say hi. Oh, I also have a podcast, Not That Crazy, which you were a guest on. It was so fun. So um, you can come hang there as well. And yeah, that's that's mainly it. Amazing. Thank you so much. That was so good. Thank you so much. So fun. Awesome. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Really appreciate you being here and connecting with us and tuning in. And if there's anybody that you feel can benefit from today's episode and whether that's a family member or a friend and you would like to share it with them, we would greatly appreciate that. Getting the word out and reaching more people to support them on their health and their wealth and their well-being journey. We are here for that. You can connect with Caitlin over on Instagram at underscore Caitlin Kirkpatrick or head on over to her website, CaitlinKirkpatrick.com. Thanks for being with us today. Have an amazing day. Chat with you all next week. 